When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, I'm Meg Teets, and this is Sorta Awesome. Hello and welcome back, Awesomes. You are listening to the show that is all about helping you be smart, strong, and social. We are in your earbuds every single week with all the awesome that you need to know. And you can also find us on Instagram at Sorta Awesome Show or over on Facebook in our Sorta Awesome Hangout group. This is episode 136 of Sorta Awesome. And this week, I do want to give a big shout out to our Sorta Awesome Hangout community on Facebook. Believe it or not, you guys, our Facebook community now has over 4,500 members. 4,500 oh people. It's so many people, Rebecca. All those awesomes. All the awesomes. So I have to tell you, that is bigger than the little Oklahoma town that my husband grew up in. There's more people oh. now in our Facebook community. And wow. also, this is so interesting to me. Facebook tells us that not only are there 4,500 people in there, but over almost 4,000 of you all are active in that group. And I have noticed that that group moves so quickly. Even my Facebook app has a hard time loading and keeping up when I'm using the app to visit our community. So we love that this community is something that you all, the Awesomes, have helped us to build every single day over on Facebook. And if you've ever found that our community, our Facebook community, is helpful if it's been a good resource in your life. Maybe you've gotten a great recipe there or help with travel. I'll tell you what, our awesomes know everything about what to do, no matter what city you're visiting in the world, not just the U.S., but in the world. They can tell you where to go, what to eat, what to see, all of those things. So if you've ever gotten help with traveling, if you've ever needed some positive, helpful feedback on a situation in your life, and the awesomes came around and supported you. Anything that has touched your life from our Sort of Awesome Hangout community on Facebook, we sure would love for you to give back to the Sort of Awesome community by becoming a listener supporter. Our listener supporters get access to episodes that are filled with things that we would never say out loud on our Friday episodes. And they also get access to an exclusive Facebook group that we created just for our supporters. So for details about how you can sign up to become a listener supporter, go over to sortaawesomeshow.com slash support, and you can find out everything you need to know there, sortaawesomeshow.com slash support. Okay, so yes, friends, here we are with episode 136 of the show, and I am joined this week by my dear friend and totally awesome co-host, who I'm also a little bit mad at this week, <laughs> Rebecca <I'm sorry>. <laughs> What? <laughs> Rebecca Hopper of SimplyRebecca.com. You know why I'm mad, right? Because we're recording this episode. <laughs> yes. Because I was like, maybe we could do some confessions again. And you're like, how about embarrassing moments? 
Yeah. Well, you know what? I'm increasingly getting angry with myself, too. Now that we've sat down to record, I'm like, what was I thinking? I am feeling more nervous about this episode than I have in, like, a long time. I'm, like, a little bit sweaty. I had to put my hair up. I'm, like, a little shaky in the hands. This was a bad idea. We make content for the Patreons that we don't put in the regular Friday shows. You just said that. Why is this not a Patreon episode? Why are we... I don't know. I'm. This was a bad idea. <laughs> so, Awesomes, ready or not, if you're ready to go down the rabbit hole with Rebecca and I into our own lives, we are going to be confessing some of our most embarrassing moments from our life. So hang on tight. We're going to get to that. And then at the end of the show, we're going to circle back around. You know, we've done lots of confessions through the years on Sort of Awesome. So Rebecca and I thought we'd go back and revisit some of our confessions from the past and check in on them. Are there things we're still a little embarrassed about? Have we mended our ways in any areas? So stay tuned to the end of the show for that. But first, you know what? Let's go ahead, Rebecca, and just get to the awesome part of the show before (laughs) before we reveal our most embarrassing moments. Let's start this show the way we always do with our Awesomes of the Week, the moment in the show where we share with you all about the books, the podcasts, the movies, the TV shows, whatever it is that's making our lives just a little bit more awesome this week. Rebecca, I can't wait to hear what you have for us. I have a YouTube channel for everybody. This channel is light, it is fluffy, it is youthful, it is fun. It's a breath of fresh air. Yay! It is by the YouTuber Safia Nagard. I apologize if I botched her name a bit. I will spell it at the end here and we'll put a link in the show notes. But Safia used to be a video producer and actor for BuzzFeed, the wildly popular company that is known for making viral videos. She was one of the co-creators of their highly popular series called Ladylike. In Ladylike, they would do all these, you know, beauty fashion experiments, all kinds of everything targeted towards the girly, girly side of womanhood. And in January of 2017, Sophia stepped back from BuzzFeed. She left that company and revamped her own YouTube channel. So fun. When I first heard that and saw that she was doing her own thing, I was like, well, I don't know if I'm going to enjoy her as much without the ensemble that had created Ladylike, all the other women that were part of that program there. But, you know, slowly over time, I would watch one and then I'd end up watching another one. And before you know it, like I'm hooked like everybody else. She now has over four million subscribers. Wow. Good for her. That's awesome. Yeah, she is killing it. So what she specializes in is a lot like the ladylike type of content that she was producing on BuzzFeed. She does things on fashion and beauty. She experiments with different kinds of period products, mm-hmm. you know, like those period panties that we've even talked about yes. here on Sword of Ossium. Uh-huh. She gave them a test drive, reported back her findings. She has a series called Internet Made Me Buy It. And I find this incredibly fascinating. What she does is she'll go on different social media sites and then she will buy like the first five things that fit her budget based off of ads that have been targeted to her in different social media channels. That's amazing. She did one on Facebook, Instagram, and then she'll come back and she'll report on her haul. Did it actually fit her personality? What did she think of the product? Is it something she would ever buy again? She also has a series called What We Wore. It's fashion through the decades where she dressed for a week in different outfits from 1977, 87, 97, and even 2007. 
But my possible favorite are her questionable fashion decisions series. Okay. Where she tries to style a hideous garment. Do you remember the plastic mom jeans? The clear need oh, yes. mom jeans? Yes, I do remember that. They like went viral because everybody was like, why though? <laughs> yes, exactly. Why? And they were crazy expensive, like hundreds of dollars for these jeans that were clear plastic at the knees. So she bought herself a pair and then she tried to style them and say, hey, can we pull these off? Well, <laughs> No, there's no reason to ever buy them. But she's just fun. You know, she's something to wind down the night with. Again, the channel is Safiya Nagard. Safiya is actually spelled S-A-F-I-Y-A, and the last name is N-Y-G-A-A-R-D. There'll be a link in the show notes. Totally. I'm totally going to have to check her out. I do love Ladylike series that BuzzFeed has created. It's so fun. So I have a feeling that I would totally, I'm like, I want to watch all of those videos that you just named. Can't wait to check it out. She's a lot of fun. Love it. Okay. Well, you guys, for my awesome of the week, I'm going to have to censor the title a little bit because I know lots of you awesomes like to listen while you're either out and about or maybe even just puttering around the house with your kiddos. My awesome of the week is a book and it's called The Bad A. Okay. Yep. <laughs> book of Saints. <laughs> okay. Maybe not what you were expecting <laughs> when no. it comes to Bad A. The title has the full word in it, but we'll leave it at that. It's written by Maria Morera Johnson. It came out back in 2015. And now some of you all might remember that I gave up TV for Lent. Talk about questionable decisions. <laughs> <laughs> Of course, when I give up TV is when all these new series are dropping on Netflix and everyone's like, you got to watch this. And I'm like, I will in April. <laughs> but so since I gave up TV for Lent, Kyle did not partake in this particular Lenten sacrifice. But we gave each other, Kyle and I, my husband and I gave each other Kindle Paperwhites for Valentine's Day, which was perfect timing because now I'm trying to make more time for reading before bed instead of just vegging out with a TV series. So I had actually picked up this book, My Bad A, Book of Saints, way back in the fall, and I just now got around to reading it. It's been sitting on my Kindle for months. You guys, it's so good. So what Maria Morera Johnson has done in this book is she takes you on a tour through Christian history from the earliest centuries all the way up to modern day by introducing you to women who have done amazing and awesome and genuinely bad A things with their lives. There are 11 chapters and they have themes like authentic icons of friendship and community and selfless saviors who did what was needed to be done. Each chapter, she pairs the story of a real saint, like a canonized official saint from church history with a woman who has not been officially sainted, but she still lived or is living. Some of these women are still alive. Really extraordinary lives. And it is so inspiring. I love these stories. Now, I will say it's written by a Catholic author and published by a Catholic publisher, but you do not have to be a Catholic person to get some really great wisdom and inspiration from this book. In fact, a huge reason I love this book is because I grew up Southern Baptist and we did not ever really learn anything about the saints or even like notable scholars or theologians from like the past 2000 years of Christian church history. <laughs> Right. I'm right there with you. Like, this would be all new territory for me as well. Yes, it was completely new. All of this was like brand new information for me. So I'm reading this book, and I actually just finished it this week. And I am discovering these stories from all of these incredible women 
that have lived out their faith in these astonishing ways. And it's all like brand new, even though some of these stories are genuinely centuries old. So I wanted to share about this book specifically because I think it would also be great for like if you have a women's like book club or study group or something, especially if it's attached to, you know, if it's like a women's ministry in your church or whatever. It's really great for that because the author herself has included questions for reflection at the end of each chapter. So if you are reading it with a group or maybe just reading it with a friend, you have some questions to kind of like dig a little bit deeper, explore some of the themes from each chapter, think about, you know, how you see yourself living these things out. It's really good. It would be great for reading together with somebody else. But I just read it on my own. I'm going to read snippets of it to my daughters because these are stories I would love for them to hear. So I'm so glad that I picked it up. Again, it's called The Bad A Book of Saints. It's by Maria Moreira Johnson, and we will definitely have a link to that book in this week's show notes. So those are our awesomes of the week. Don't forget that every single Friday over on Facebook, we love to open up the floor and have you guys share your awesomes of the week with us. So if you have not already joined us over there, come on over to facebook.com slash groups slash sort of awesome hangout. Well, Awesomes, this is a fun month for our family because our little German Shepherd puppy turns one this month. Now, no one is more surprised than me that it is just as hard to find a trusted sitter and caregiver for our puppy as it has been for our children. That's why I'm so happy that the sponsor of today's episode is Rover. Rover is the largest network of five-star pet sitters and dog walkers in North America. Millions of services have been booked on Rover, including pet sitting, dog walking, in-home dog dog boarding, and doggy daycare. Rover is so committed to providing the best care possible for dogs that only 20% of the sitters who begin their profiles are ultimately accepted to become Rover pet sitters. I love that it's so easy to use the Rover app to look through the profiles of all the sitters in our area to find out who is going to be a great match for our puppy Zsa In fact, Rover arranges for free in-person interviews and home environment visits so that every dog owner can find the perfect match between sitters, owners, and pets. Every booking is backed by insurance, a reservation guarantee, and 24-7 access to pet care professionals. To check out Rover for yourself and for the puppy in your life, and to get $25 off of your first booking, visit rover.com slash sorta awesome and use promo code sorta awesome during checkout. That's rover.com slash sorta awesome and use promo code sorta awesome for $25 off of your first booking. Thank you, Rover. Awesomes, we all know that one of the most important things we can do to take care of ourselves is to stretch and move and exercise our bodies frequently. But the trick is, how do you find the time? That's why I'm so excited that this episode is sponsored by Daily Burn. Daily Burn is the world's leading provider of on-demand video workout programs that you can do at home or anywhere that you have a connected device. I love that Daily Burn offers a whole section of workouts that you can do in 20 minutes or less. Everything from stretching Pilates style to quick core workouts to very advanced and very challenging MMA workouts, all less than 20 minutes, so it's so easy to work into your schedule. Daily Burn has thousands of classes for every level of athlete. So whether you're a beginner or if you've been working out for years, you will find a class on Daily Burn that is perfect for you. You can check out Daily Burn by going to dailyburn.com slash awesome today to start your free 60-day trial. That's dailyburn.com slash awesome, dailyburn.com slash awesome to start your free 60-day trial. Thank you, Daily Burn.
All right, Rebecca. So just a reminder to me and to you and to all of our awesomes in this first three months of 2018, which is our year of the awesome, we have been really working hard on building strong foundations of being the awesome people that we want to be and that we need to be in the world by examining the awesome manifesto and how it applies to our lives. So this whole month of March, we're focusing on the last part of the awesome manifesto, which says, we commit to extending grace, taking action, getting rest, and being excellent to ourselves and the world. Rebecca, you know that something else that we are definitely committed to here at Sort of Awesome is making frequent confessions, apparently. <laughs> it's our specialty. It is our specialty. In fact, in the show opener, we used to have that line that each week my co-host and I give our favorite tips, share our best stories, and confide our true confessions. It used to be built into the show Way back in December of 2015, Rebecca and I did an episode, episode 37, called Helpful PSAs in a Collection of Confessions. And I myself have dropped in little confessions about all kinds of stuff along the way. But honestly, confession is, as they say, good for the soul. So we can be good to ourselves, excellent to ourselves by confessing our goof-ups and our mistakes and our general weirdness, of which I have an unending (laughs) supply. Same. Yep. And so we have turned what could be a simple confessions episode into Rebecca and I sharing our most embarrassing moments. I am already just like squirming. I just, Rebecca can see me. You all can't. Rebecca, be prepared for the fact that my face will be all kinds of shades of red. I'm sure I'm already blushing a little bit just thinking about it. (laughs) Well, see, the funny thing is one of these confessions, I actually... I asked permission from somebody who's involved in the story Uh to share it. Good. And I received permission, but I questioned them a little bit. And I was like, well, are you sure? Because like my last episode, like thousands and thousands of people listened to it. Uh And they were like, oh, (laughs) oh my. (laughs) They didn't know what they were agreeing to. I was like, you know, there's a chance somebody you know might hear this. And I don't think they took me seriously. And I was like, oh. Oh, no, like thousands of people listen to this show. But then, yeah, I didn't ask myself that question. Like, Rebecca, are you sure you want to share all of these things? Oh, dear. Well, since you kind of led us down this path to begin with, why don't you start us off with your first confession of an embarrassing moment for you? Okay, so I'm taking it back old school. My very first most embarrassing moment that I can remember. We are back in sixth grade. Little Rebecca is in, (laughs) she's in the gym with the entire sixth grade class. Mm -hmm. We had been practicing square dancing for. (laughs) (laughs) That's not even the funny part. (laughs) Yeah, it's a big part of it. Okay. Wait. No, wait. I know. I'm laughing because I'm going there in my mind, too. Listen, I also had to learn to square dance in a school gym with classmates. I'm laughing. People do this, right? People do this. I know you grew up in Ohio. I grew up in Oklahoma. Midwest girl here. Maybe it's a middle of America thing. I am right there with you. And that (laughs) is why I'm laughing hysterically already because I'm revisiting this moment in my own mind. So in our individual classrooms, we had been learning like the dosey do and like whatever like you know bow to your partner i mean everybody knows. yes you know i don't need to do it and then 
we ended our series <laughs> on square dancing by gathering the entire sixth grade class together. And there was like an official collar with music and stuff. And so there was several little pods of square dancers. Now, if you have never been square dancing, something to know is that it's like very easy to get like extremely mixed up and just <laughs> beside yourself in the humor of it all of this like everybody suddenly has two left feet you don't know which way to go everybody's getting all mixed up and you know we're sixth graders you know mm-hmm. so we were messing up and we were laughing so hard yeah you can see where this is going right <laughs> we were laughing so hard i piddled just a little bit <laughs> and then Suddenly, the floodgates opened, and the oh, piddling no. did not stop. And I was like, oh, my word. I mean, in my mind, I'm like, I'm peeing my pants. I can't stop peeing. And I'm in the gym with everyone I know. Oh, and I was no. like, oh, what, what? So I just bolted to the bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. What, can, like, what else can you do even? I just bolted to the bathroom. I had completely peed my pants. Like, no, like, denying it. Like, no, like, we can get through the rest of the day. I mean, I totally peed my pants. So I made my way to the office, and I asked to call my mom. (laughs) She brought me different pants. I think I was actually able to cover this up for years and years. None of my friends ever knew. Oh, are you serious? Yeah, nobody knew. That's amazing. When I came back, I told them that I just all of a sudden, I just wasn't feeling well. Like, I just had to go. Uh, you know, yes. you know. And we were doing something. I think the rest of the day was like field day or something. And I had started out the day wearing pants. And then I had my mom bring shorts so that I could have the excuse of, well, I yes. decided to change because very clever we were going to be walking and it was going to be hot and whatever. But to make the whole thing so much worse. There was a kid that now looking back, of course, I feel terrible for. He was on the outskirts, you know. (laughs) He had been frequently peeing his pants in class. Oh, poor Betty. Yeah. Yes. And of course, he was like made fun of. And then here I was and I was like, no, not me too. I can't. Oh, it was just mortifying. I was like, everybody's going to know. This is terrible. I can't believe you covered it up. That's some quick thinking. Some quick bathroom bolting and some clever cover up. I'm actually quite impressed with sixth grade Rebecca. Uh, thank for that. you. Thank you. I would be too, except that, you know, I peed my <laughs> pants. So you kind of lose your credibility when you start with you peed your pants. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, Rebecca, as luck and fortune, bad fortune maybe would have it, my first embarrassing moment also is from sixth grade. That's our sixth grade hearts, just like everybody. Let's just pause, revisit ourselves in sixth grade, and just bless our hearts. (laughs) Bless our hearts. so awkward. Why? Well, this one I actually had to ask my sister because my sister Emily, who's been on the show a few times, she's 14 months younger than me. She has, number one, an amazing memory. And number two, she has a fantastic memory when it comes to remembering things that I've done to make an idiot out of myself. Oh, that's a great person to have in your life. (laughs) As sisters will do, yes. So when you and I decided we were going to kind of take this direction with the show, I asked my sister Emily, like, so help me remember what are some embarrassing things? And she was like, well, you have to tell this story. 
So my first embarrassing moment was in sixth grade when I made myself the object of everyone's attention in really a, such a stupid way. So in the sixth grade, sixth, seventh, eighth grade, I think I had braces. Lots of us do have braces in those wonderful middle school years. So I had braces and I'd gone to the orthodontist for a checkup and they tightened the braces and everything. The orthodontist at that appointment had said, we're going to go ahead and fit you for headgear. Now, uh -huh. <laughs> I don't know if this is still a thing in modern era orthodontia. Oh, please. <laughs> Probably not. Please, dear God, no. It was, the, I also had headgear. It was the worst. Just in case you're listening and you're like, what does headgear mean? What could be so bad? <laughs> Again, I don't know if this is still a thing, but in the 80s, 90s, when a lot of us were wearing braces to correct, I don't know what it was, maybe an overbite, I don't know, something, to correct something. I think it was to make our mouths wider. Okay, Because yes. I think it's make more space. It would pull apart yes. the jaw a little. So you've got your braces that are attached to your teeth, and I don't know about yours, Rebecca, I would guess this was probably standard. There's like these wire pieces on this mouthpiece and you would slip it into the brackets uh -huh. of the braces mm -hmm. and there'd be a strap so there'd be this huge wire thing coming out of your mouth and yes. there'd be a strap that goes around your head <laughs> yes yes so wire across the cheeks yes. coming out yes. of the mouth <laughs> yes exactly and that's the right strap around the back of the head yes exactly <laughs> so i go to the orthodontist he says you're gonna need headgear gets it out i don't know i don't remember the details it was many years ago but i do remember him saying now you only have to wear this at night it's fine. You only have to wear this at night. Well, Rebecca, my sixth grade, highly, highly underdeveloped brain said, hey, you know what would be cool? <laughs> it would be so cool if even though I don't have to, and even though my orthodontist specifically said, <laughs> you only no. need to wear this at night. Yeah. No, no. It would be so cool and interesting if I went ahead and wore this headgear to school. <laughs> Ken. What? What were you thinking? I don't know. And that's what my sister likes to tease me about to this day. She asked me the same thing. Why would you do that? What were you thinking? It's not like a new shirt. Nope, it's not. It's the most supremely awkward and dorky thing that I could have done. I don't know what I was thinking, but I just, I guess I wanted to stand out and I thought, if I've well, got that'll this, do it. <laughs> yeah, I've got this headgear on that people think it's really interesting, and I don't know. And I remember specifically, this makes it even just a little bit worse. I remember it was a Wednesday when I wore this headgear to school, and I know it was a Wednesday because we had church that night, lots of different kinds of churches, different denominations right. will have Wednesday night, you know, youth group, prayer service, whatever. Well, it was a Wednesday, and I went ahead. And I wore the headgear to church that night, too. So I could not only be cool at school, I could be cool at church with my wires coming out of my mouth. Wait, no. This is not I how know. that story was going to go. I pictured, okay, so you like got on the bus or you got to school and everybody was like, oh, that's terrible. And you took no. it out. I was committed. I was committed, at least for that day. I think at the end of the day, I don't know, I must have realized, I must have had a complete revelation. Maybe while I was at church, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, why, though, why are you doing this? <laughs> the writing was on the wall. Yes. Thou shall not wear headgear to school. Wow. Oh my gosh. You voluntarily wore it all day. All day. All day. And to church. Oh. And to church. What I would like to know is where was my mother? Why? Well, did yeah, she not I have stop that same me? question. 
Did you like sneak this in your backpack? Like kids change when in the bathroom at school? Yeah, some kids would go in the bathroom. Some girls would go in the bathroom and put on makeup. I'd go in the bathroom and get my headgear on for the day. <laughs> Oh my gosh, oh my I'm seriously, goodness. my face is hot. I can't, I, I've literally <laughs> never told anyone that story. The only people who knew that were my sister and the unfortunate group of friends. The whole and sixth grade class. The whole sixth grade class and the sweet little old ladies at our church on Wednesday night. So yeah, it's embarrassing. Whew. Oh, okay, I don't know if I feel any better having confessed that, but let's move on to our <laughs> next one's on our list. Rebecca, what do you have next? Oh my goodness. Well, when I was in college, the summer between my sophomore, no, it doesn't matter. I'm sorry. I'm all flustered. I'm like, am I supposed to speak coherently now after that? Oh, that's so funny. Okay. So in college, the summer, so some summer, I don't know. My brain is shy. I can't pull it together. Okay. So some summer in college, I went on a missions trip to France. We were there doing, like, spiritual outreach. I don't remember why, but at one point we had this, like, free day or something that we went to a pool. So we're at the pool. We were swimming around, yada, yada. The pool is done. I'm ready to go in and change. I was sitting down talking to some friends, and then I get up to go change. I walk away from everybody that I had just been talking to and walk into the women's locker room. Okay. And I take the really tiny, actually, little white towel off of me that I had just wrapped myself in. And my period had leaked onto this towel. Oh, no. No, (laughs) no, 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 no. I knew that I was on my period. I did not know that I was leaking. That you had a leak situation. Yes. Now... Everybody has had a leak situation. I mean, this is like universal, sure. right? Everybody Everyone. has had a leak. Well, okay. every lady has. Yes, yeah. right. <laughs> but has everybody had a leak the size of a dinner plate on the back <gasps> of a white towel? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. No, no, no. So I had wrapped myself in this small white towel, was sitting talking to friends, got up, walked away from everybody I'd just been talking to, like, seriously, dinner plate size bright red on my backside oh rebecca what did you do did you just live in that bathroom stall the rest of your whole life (laughs) i'm actually recording from there right now (laughs) (laughs) well it seriously was mortifying yes yes i mean i'm thankful that again that this did not happen to sixth grade rebecca Yes. You know, right. I was a little bit older, a little bit more mature, but still, I mean, even to this day, I would be like, oh my goodness, what do you do? So I had gone in to change. Thankfully, I was done. I was just like, okay, surely all of these boys that I was just talking to saw that happen. Yeah. But nobody said anything. I'm right. not going to say anything. I am going to change. I'm going to clean up. I am going to pretend that this never, ever happened. I will not speak of it. Yep. Surely they're not going to bring it up. Be like, so when you walked away, <laughs> no, nobody. I'm like, I'm not saying anything. Nobody's going to say anything. We're not going to say anything. This did not happen. This did not happen. <laughs> this did not happen. With your imagination, everyone. Oh, it was bad. It was so, so bad. But then was everyone kind and nobody said anything? Yes, no, nobody okay. spoke of it. 
Oh my gosh. Oh, and that was the one. true miracle of that missions trip is that nobody <laughs> spoke of it. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. That really downplays the amazing stuff we did there. <laughs> oh dear. Oh, poor Rebecca. I'm so sorry that happened. I'm like you with a lot of these stories. I just put them in the vault and then I'm like, that didn't happen. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I've never shared this story with anybody. Yeah. And here we go. And here Thousands. we go. Why, Why am I doing this? Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, my second confession is way, way, way more private than that. Oh my gosh. I at least am thankful. This one is actually, it's a little bit more benign. But it does take us back to middle school because I just kept, I mean, I just like was on full throttle, <laughs> awkward and just so middle schooly. I mean, I well, just Well, and I you know, committed. I really believe you. You really set the stage with that last one. I mean, <laughs> I have to say that my expectations for middle school, Meg, I mean, I think they're like right on track now. <laughs> this is one that was just a shared moment between my mom and I. And that was one time she caught me crying over something that was literally imaginary, something that I did make up in my own mind and I was crying over it. So I had this habit when I was a kid and I'm just going to be honest, it was a habit I would even do as a teenager and in college too. When we would be going somewhere in the car and the radio was on, I'd look out the window and pretend in my mind that the scenery that was going by was a music video. Okay. Yeah. Being a child of the 80s and 90s when MTV was like really about like music videos and music videos were a thing, I just thought it would be like so, I don't know, artistic and interesting if in my mind, you know, I was like looking out the window and it's, of course, this usually only worked with dramatic songs. This doesn't work with, you know, like your catchy pop tunes, but I would imagine there's like this video going. So this is the summer of 1990. Some of you all were not even alive. <laughs> No. But here I was, had just wrapped up seventh grade. As I think about it, actually, I just finished seventh grade. So that means I was like my daughter's age. She's in her second semester of seventh grade. That is completely mind blowing right now. We were in Kansas City. We would go every summer to spend a week or two at my grandparents' house in Kansas City. My mom would take the four of us out shopping for back to school clothes because we could go to all of these like discount places, TJ Maxx and all kinds of other places to get cheaper clothing, expensive to clothe for kids for school. So we were shopping for back to school clothes. And this was a very, very, very rare occasion when it was just my mom and I driving around Kansas City. The song Nothing Compares to You by Sinead O'Connor comes on the radio. It's important to remember, Rebecca, you may not remember this, that in the song title, Nothing Compares to You, it's the number two in the letter U. Did you remember that? No, I didn't know. I had no idea. I was eight. I didn't know. <laughs> you were eight. Okay. Well, I started doing that thing of making a music video in my mind. And Rebecca, I got so wrapped up in the drama of Nothing Compares to You about this like abandoned lover and how they missed them so much that I actually started crying, real tears coming down my cheeks. And my mom turned to me and she was like, what's wrong? I mean, we were like literally just driving through the streets of Kansas City. She was like, what's wrong? I have so much empathy for my mother right now because now I have a seventh grade daughter and I'm like, what's happening? Why? Why are you crying? As I think about it, a lot of my embarrassing moments involve crying too, but this is the first one. And I was just like crying. And I think I like made up something on the fly. Like, oh, I had a fight with somebody. I don't even know, but I was not going to tell her the whole story of how. We'll see, Mom. 
Some really, really tragic stuff is happening <laughs> in my mind right now. <laughs> oh, my word. Oh, my cheeks hurt from smiling and laughing. <laughs> so, again, thankfully, that one was just between my mother and I. And I've never told anybody that story either. So let's keep going with these awesome confessions of our embarrassing moments. What's next on your list? Well, this one isn't even my next one. But, Meg, that reminds me of the time that I was, <laughs> I was alone standing by the sink text messaging with you about a TV character that died and my oh. husband walked in and he's like, and I had tears streaming down my face. I know exactly what you're talking about. And he said, what's wrong? And I said, I said, so-and-so died. And he said, who's that? Who's that? I said, a real they're, person. A, I said they're a TV I said they're a TV character. I'm uh-huh. talking to I'm talking to Megan. He's like, did this just happen? I was like, no, no, it happened uh, years ago, but we just now <laughs> got to it. And he did the most gracious thing he could have done in that moment. He took me into an embrace of hug and said, "I'm so sorry for your loss." <laughs> oh my gosh, that is hysterical, Rebecca. I know exactly what you're talking about when that. Person died on that series that we were binge watching. It wasn't even in real time. I cried like it was a real person in my life. I did. <laughs> I did too. I was so upset. Oh my uh, word. If you want to know, hit us up later on social media. We'll be happy to tell you it. It's a big moment in a big series that we don't want to spoil for people, but oh my gosh, that is hilarious. <laughs> that Nate was like, but a real no? A, a fictional TV? Oh, okay. All right. Awesome. Just like you, I'm always trying to do healthy things for my family, like make sure that they get outside and enjoy some fresh air and sunshine instead of being on their screens all the time. And I try to make sure that they even bathe regularly. One thing I'm not so great at is making sure that they have a healthy breakfast before they head out the door in the morning. That's why Daily Harvest is the perfect solution. Daily Harvest delivers perfectly portioned frozen superfood treats right to your door with your choice of smoothies, soups, breakfast bowls, or plant-based sundaes. With Daily Harvest, my family is trying recipes they never would have tried before. Recipes that are packed with superfoods and developed by chefs to make sure they taste great. Things like ginger and turmeric lattes and blueberry and hemp smoothies. The delivery and prep are so easy and straightforward. You just store your Daily Harvest cups in the freezer until you're ready to make one. Then, when you're ready, you just add water, coconut, or almond milk, whatever, and blend it, and in 30 seconds, you're ready to go. Daily Harvest produce is organic and unrefined. Daily Harvest is the fastest, most convenient way to up your family's fruit and vegetable intake without having to put in all the work that usually comes from eating more fruits and vegetables. You can go to daily-harvest.com and enter promo code AWESOME to get three items free in your first box. That's promo code AWESOME for three free Daily Harvest cups at daily-harvest.com. That's daily-harvest.com. Thank you, Daily Harvest. That's so awesome. Okay, what's next on your list? Okay, so the next one on my list. Also, I mean, this actually involves a TV show. Orange is the New Black. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I'm sitting. I'm watching this show, okay? (laughs) If you haven't watched Orange is the New Black, it's an original series that's on Netflix. It takes place in a women's prison. It Mm -hmm. is very, I mean, the language is just, like, horrible. It's Mm -hmm. very... Mm -hmm. Graphic, intense. Yeah, graphic, intense, a lot of bad language, a lot of 
talk. I mean, it's just, <laughs> it's not mom approved. You know, it's not. It's, it is not. It's not really. For my mother, for sure. <laughs> mom, I didn't actually watch it. Okay. <laughs> but there I was watching it. <laughs> the sinner that I am. There I was watching it. And then I looked down at my iPhone sitting next to me. And I realized that the Voxer button was recording. <laughs> Wait, pause. <laughs> if you don't use Voxer, you should know that it's a, like a walkie-talkie app where you can talk back and forth with people and you can set it, you can hit it instead of having to hold down a button like on a real walkie-talkie, you can just click it once and it'll just keep recording for 15 minutes. So. <laughs> well, it wasn't 15 it was only 12. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. So immediately, of course, I stopped recording, saw that I had just sent 12 minutes of this sin-filled show to a collection of my church girlfriends. <laughs> oh, no. I frantically typed out a message. Do not listen to this. <laughs> warning. Warning. Don't play this for your children. Right. Oh, my goodness. I mean, oh truthfully, though, they all just like laughed it off. Out of all of the groups of people that I could have sent it to, better to send it to these really, really close girlfriends versus like... Some business acquaintances I have on Voxer. Oh my gosh, yes. You know, I have a women's ministry group on Voxer that oh I help no. lead. I mean, that would have been just like, oh my <laughs> word. Oh. At least it was your close church girlfriends who were like, oh, Rebecca, that sinner, that yes. silly sinner. Yes. <laughs> With her bad language shows. 12 minutes of orange is the new black. Just what you want in your Voxer ears. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'm sure if anyone was listening live, they were like so confused. Like, what's what's actually happening here? Is Rebecca okay? Do I need to go over there? <laughs> oh, my word. Okay, change the subject. What's yours? Ooh, okay. This next confession for me of an embarrassing moment was the time my face, my face betrayed my own self by lighting itself on fire uh, <laughs> yes. in the office of one of my college professors. So I was an English major at a small Oklahoma University. Okies, you all may remember that Kyle and I are both alums of East Central University, which is a wonderful school. I loved it so much. Some of my best years were at ECU. And because it's such a small university, that meant that once I got into my major classes as an English major, I had a lot of the same professors over and over for different classes. So I had this one literature professor for several classes. And over the course of time, Rebecca, I developed a really big crush on him, which, mm. you know, we were talking about universal things that happen. I think this happens yes, sometimes in life. It it's does. Kind of natural. So anyway, he was actually the first and only professor to ever give me a C on one of my essays when he handed it back in class, I started crying in class. That's not even the embarrassing part of the story. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> but that actually did happen. There was like a big C on it. It was all written up, just like covered in ink. And I was like, I think I was, no, I was a junior by then. So I was like probably too old to be crying in class over a C. <laughs> anyway, like I said, over time, I developed this crush on him. He always told these funny stories. He very rarely actually talked that much about the literature we were studying, but he told lots of funny stories. He talked about 
big themes and literature. And I just would get all hearts in my eyes over this professor. So when I was getting married, Kyle and I got married after my junior year of college. And when I was getting married, he sent a gift, a wedding, like a wedding gift to me. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, I worked on campus. And so it was sitting on my desk in the little office I worked in. So I opened it, Rebecca. It's this huge box from Tiffany's. Oh. And I was like, from Tiffany's? What? And I opened it. It's this beautiful etched glass salad bowl. It was so nice, so thoughtful, so generous. So I stopped by his office on campus to tell him thank you. This is the part. I'm going to start blushing again just thinking about it. It's so embarrassing. I've literally, I don't think I've ever told anyone this story. You guys, I should have just written a thank you card. I'm bad at thank you cards, but I should have just written a thank you card and put it in like, you know, intercampus mail to get to his office. But no, I went up to the English department. I stopped by his office. I started to try to tell him thank you. And my face just started blushing uncontrollably. Like I couldn't, like it just was like fully blushing and I couldn't stop it. He was trying to tell me the story about how I don't even remember how this is the gift he always gives to students when they get married, because one time his grandmother gave him some advice when he was getting married to always make sure there's food in the fridge and some connection about how, like, if you're going to have a happy marriage, you might as well have beautiful things to serve your food in. I don't even know. Maybe I'm making that whole thing up because (laughs) I started having like an out of body experience. Like I was like floating over myself. Like, what are you doing? Get a hold of yourself. I was just like, oh, I can't believe this is happening. I wanted to actually like light my whole self on fire or just like, I don't know, kick myself in the head to get myself to stop blushing. I was blushing. I was sweating. I think I ended up just like running out of his office. Like you ran to the bathroom when you were in sixth grade, except I was going out of his office. I don't understand. Why was it so awkward? I don't know. You tell me, I don't know. Something in my brain just like switched into embarrassment mode. I don't know. I'm blushing again right now thinking about it. It was so embarrassing. I was just going to drop by and say thank you. And it's just like, no. My biochemistry took over and just like started going haywire. How did he respond? He was very gracious and kind. And I'm sure he noticed. (laughs) No way he could have had eyeballs that were working and not noticed, but he was just very gracious. And I just, I don't know. And then, like I said, it was a small campus, a small English department. So I still had to have classes with him even after that. Oh my goodness. Who knew a salad bowl and a professor could get you all hot and bothered? Well, now everyone knows. <laughs> oh, man. Mm. Okay, good. Good. Got that out. Got that off my chest. Let's go on to the next one. Okay, well, I am also going to college with this story. This was probably my sophomore or junior year of college. So I would have, this would have been like 2002, 2003. And I was in a journalism class with a professor that I didn't particularly like. I was a communications major and we had all these required classes that we were supposed to take for that major. And one of them was journalism, but yet I knew that I didn't want to do traditional journalism. So this was one of those classes that I just kind of, you know, you show up for and you just do the bare minimum and try to get an A and get through it. But one thing that we did that was actually a little bit interesting was we were supposed to look at different types of print media and then analyze Mm -hmm. what we found 
in the media as far as who is their target audience. Sure. So I think I had, I don't know, I had some sort of like business type of magazine. So I was looking at what advertisements are there? What products are they trying to sell? Who is their target market? And what are the articles about? One of the questions was, you know, what kind of people are featured in this magazine? And so the professor was asking me questions out loud in class about my magazine. Uh-huh. And he's, you know, getting all this information from me. And he asked about people. And I said, well, there was just a picture of one person in like the whole magazine. I don't know who it was. It was some like older like man with white hair. I think the name was like Chenny oh, no. or Chancy or something. <laughs> and he says, "Do you mean Dick Cheney, <laughs> our country's vice president, the vice president of the United States of America?" <laughs> And talk about turning bright red. (laughs) There I was in front of all these 20 plus college students mispronouncing, Uh I don't know, some like old white guy I didn't know. Chenny? Dick Chenny? Oh my word. (laughs) Like I even kind of have a hard time laughing about it because it's still so mortifying. I do that because like I truly didn't know who he was like how do this like so typical Rebecca like living in such a bubble of a life like of course I'm in college I'm just having fun I'm learning about what I want to learn about I'm like have blinders on to the whole rest of the world let's forget about George W. Bush's presidency and who he has next to him what do I care about politics Ugh. Dick Cheney I don't know oh, good Good. I love it. You are an informed voter. (laughs) Yeah, obviously I voted in that election. No, no, I did not. Oh, my word. Now, I have to give major props to the professor, whom Uh I was not a huge fan of. Right. He just he just kept going. I mean, he He really had the opportunity there to, like, stare me down or, like, make a thing. (laughs) But he didn't. He's like, Dick Cheney. The vice president of the United States. I'm sure he felt like at that point that like just that was enough said right yes. there. Yes. <laughs> that and there. dear Jesus, come. What This is our next generation <laughs> that I am educating. Yes. Come now, Jesus, come. Oh, my gosh. Yes. OK, well, my next one is actually one, too, that I also I don't even know if I'm at the point where I can laugh about it yet. It was so embarrassing, and I still feel embarrassed many years later. So my next confession involves of an embarrassing moment involves school and crying. Again, it's a theme in my life. You know, so many things in my life are making sense to me right now because I don't have a lot of recurring dreams, but my one biggest recurring anxiety dream involves being a teacher again or being a student again. It always involves school. Anyway, involves school and crying. It's the time that I, as a teacher, cried in front of my students. So it was my second year of teaching. I was probably like 25, I feel like, 25, 26, somewhere in there. That year I was teaching English three and four, that's junior and senior English. And I had a class with 33 students in it. I think I've talked about this a little bit on the show before. 31 of those students were senior boys. 
And of the two that were girls in that class, one of them never came to class, not ever. So it was just me and this other, like a 17-year-old girl, and I was in my mid-20s, and then all of these 17 and 18-year-old boys. Well, Rebecca, you know who is solidly not interested in the excellence and culture provided to us by the great writers of British <laughs> literature? Senior in high school boys. Oh, and I dear. had a classroom packed it was one of those classes, like I had enough desks in my room for 30 students and there were 33, 32 in there. So they were packed in there. Some of them had to sit at a table up front by my lectern. That class was awful. I was on shaky footing with them from the very first class at the beginning of the year. It was a terrible year, but I pushed through till the end, all the way until the last week of class. I don't even know what we were studying at the end of the year. It was probably like the Hobbit, which if you all remember, I've confessed that I taught, but I myself have never read, <laughs> but I was teaching it anyway. But they had been so terrible. I mean, it was the last week of school and they were seniors and there was a whole bunch of them and they were boys. Right, right. They're done. They're just they done. Were, they had been done for months, yeah. but we were soldiering through. They had been so terrible and disruptive and so rude that I just was standing at my lectern and I just started crying, but it wasn't even like a little tears in my eyes. I like, once I started crying, I couldn't stop. It was so mortifying. I mean, it did get their attention real quick. Oh, I bet. I bet it got quiet in there real fast. <laughs> they were like big eyed. Miss Teets, we're so sorry. We're so sorry, Miss Teets. But I was just so embarrassed because I'd tried so hard the whole year to not let them get to me. I don't know. It's like our good friend, the poet William Butler Yeats wrote things fall apart. The center cannot hold. That was me in that moment. Like <laughs> oh, things dear. fall apart. And I'm still mortified. I like really can't even laugh about it. I mean, those students have grown up and are living their full lives now. They're like in their thirties and they have families and children. And I still think about that moment. I'm just like, oh my gosh, I'm so embarrassed. I just want to die when I think about that. But you know, we all have that story of teachers doing that. I mean, mm. everybody has had a teacher that's done that. <laughs> I never thought about it from the teacher's perspective, though. Yeah. We yeah. had a teacher that, like, slipped and, like, she fell backwards into a trash can, like, butt first into, oh, <laughs> into a trash can. Bless it. Oh, that was so also sad. Okay, oh, yeah. last ones. Oh, yay. <laughs> okay, so in this story, I think I was engaged already. Or Nate and I were seriously dating. I'm not quite sure which one. But. I was working part-time. Nate had a full-time job. I spent a lot of time coming over to his house, and I would come sometimes when he wasn't there and wait for him to come home, you mm -hmm. know, during the workday. And it was that type of scenario. I had gotten off work. Nate was going to be home in a couple hours. And I thought, well, instead of going back to my place, I'll just go to Nate's. He was living at home with his parents and his brother. I was like, I'll just go over to Nate's and I'll just, you know, wait for him there, read a book in his room or something like that. I did this. This is something that I did. It was totally fine. Sure. Sure, sure. So at this point, you know, I had just recently moved to Pennsylvania. And so my social network here was basically Nate and his family and then my sister and her like little immediate family. Mm -hmm. So I didn't have other friends I was hanging out with. So that's what I did. I would just go to Nate's house. So I pull up in my car and I park along the street in front of Nate's house. And as I'm sitting there waiting to get out of the car, I actually see the garage door open, hmm. like the whole big garage door pulled yeah, yeah. up. And so then 
the garage door is open. And I thought, oh, okay, well, somebody's home. So instead of going and walking up to the door and going in, I thought, well, I'll just go into like through the garage and like straight sure. into the kitchen. And I, I don't know. Did I knock? Did I not knock? I don't know. All I know is <laughs> I opened the door and there is my future father-in-law completely naked reading oh, the newspaper. No. <laughs> what? Reading the newspaper? <laughs> <laughs> we all knew from past discussions that Rebecca has awesome in-laws. We just did not know the level of awesomeness that existed there. <laughs> Yes, there he is, standing in the kitchen, newspaper laying on the countertop, and he's there, paging through the newspaper in his birthday suit. As one does. Oh, yeah, as one does. I mean, hey, you're an adult. It's your house. You can read the newspaper in whatever clothing or non-clothing that you want to. I mean, I can respect that. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. What did you do? Did you just, like, slam the door and go back out? What do you do? I, like, opened the door, and I was like, oh, sorry. And I, like, shut the door, and then I, like, hands over the face, mortified, started giggling a little bit, started asking myself these same questions. Why is he naked? Why is he in the kitchen being naked? Why is he being so casual with the newspaper being naked? What am I going to do? Do I leave? Do I go in? (laughs) And he's, like, calling to me, like, through the door. He's like, hold on, just a second, I'll be back. And I'm like, I don't want to wait for this moment. I don't, I, I mean, the the moment of seeing him naked was mortifying but brief. The yes. moment of waiting in, <laughs> in the garage and seeing how he's going to respond and debating in my mind how I should respond was just as mortifying, but so drawn out. I mean, that was just a terrible moment of, what do I do? He ended up answering the door, explained to me (laughs) that he was doing laundry and decided to do all of his laundry. (laughs) (laughs) Every last bit of it. Every stitch of clothing he had. (laughs) I just was like, okay, yeah, it's fine. You know what? I'm just going to... I'm going to go home. (laughs) (laughs) That is an amazing story. Oh, I love it. It's like the worst. Yes. So we like barely ever have acknowledged this. I think there's been one time since we've been married then a couple years ago that like we briefly brought it up. Mm -hmm. I don't remember how it came up. But then last night, you know, I wanted to get permission to share this story because, Uh you know, that seems like the thing to do. Because it involves nudity and your father-in-law. So So my father-in-law was actually sleeping when I called my mother-in-law. I said, hey, so I have a question for you. I'm talking about embarrassing moments on the podcast tomorrow. And she starts losing it. I mean, uh-huh. she just started giggling and giggling and giggling. I said, you know where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my word. It's Yeah, it's just one of those things, man. It's just one of those things. That is hilarious. <laughs> That's one for the family history books, for well, sure. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. 
All right. The last one on my list is another kind of mortifying moment that this time it actually did take place in public. Some of mine were a little bit more private than I realized, but this one was pretty public. And it was not that long ago. So you all know I have four kids, the youngest of whom are twin boys. This was probably when they were like three. So a couple of years ago. When the twins were little, like toddlers, babies, even infants, I would take them everywhere to go out to go do grocery shopping and other errands and stuff. They are very, very, very used to, you know, in and out of the car, running errands. They are always have been so good in the grocery store. Like they just would mm. sit, I think because they were sitting next to each other and they okay. could just entertain themselves with each other always when we were doing our grocery shopping. So they're so fantastic. Well, one day, this day in particular, I had to take all four kids with me, which I never do anymore. Oh, you're living the high life now. <laughs> I don't know what emergency circumstance had happened in my life, but I had all four kids with me. We were at Target and the girls had been bickering, bickering, bickering. The twins, again, they've always been so good, especially like in stores like Target when they can get, we call them the big kid cart, but they're like, you know the seated cart where you face forward. Always been so good. But this particular trip, we had some bad energy around us, I guess, because the girls were bickering. The boys kept getting out of the cart, wanted to get into everything, wanted to grab everything. Not good. Obviously, I'm going to, you know, I'm getting more and more intense and I'm like trying to hurry and just grab the few things that we were supposed to get in there. And I mean, the wheels have just come off of our <laughs> cart. Not literally, but that would have been better. The boys were just flopping out of the cart, running around. Everything was going really poorly. We were in the produce section when I really lost it. I mean, I, I'm i not a person. Now, I can raise my voice with my children at home, but I'm not usually one to do that in public. But this day, I lost it. I was like, get in the cart, telling the girls, I need your help. Blah, blah, blah. Like, I mean, it was bad. It was not good. It was embarrassing enough that that happened I'm trying to get the boys in the car. I think they had actually pulled some stuff out of a display. And it was, again, we were in the produce section and stuff is falling everywhere. And no. I'm just like, no, no, it's no. so bad. I look up and I look right into the face of the pastor of the church. No! <laughs> <laughs> yep. That we had gone to for a while here in Oklahoma City. In fact, we were going there when the twins were born. I hadn't seen him in a number of years, but I just look up and like, he's just right there. And... I like had a split second to make a decision. Like, do I say hi? Hi. Hey, how are you? <laughs> no, I didn't. I acted like I didn't recognize who I was. <laughs> Gathered my children and all of our things. And I just like, oh, my face was on fire. I think I probably had tears in my eyes. I mean, I just got the heck out of Dodge and was it didn't look back. <laughs> Oh, this so is so bad. bad. <laughs> this is so bad. Oh. And again, let this be a lesson to us all. I never took all of my kids, not all four of them together, to Target again since that day. And thankfully, I've never run into him around town again. So <laughs> thank heavens for small mercies. Uh, <sighs> Sometimes it's <just> mortifying. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so we've gotten through our embarrassing moments. Like I said, we have shared lots. We've dropped in lots of confessions, not just episode 37 that we dedicated to confessions for the most part, but we've dropped in little ones along the way. Rebecca, let's revisit some of those. Do you have some that you want to go, you know, I really want to, I want to clear the air on this or, you know, as it turns out, I'm, I still do this thing. 
Yeah, so in episode 37, I talked about how in 2011, I made a batch of homemade deodorant. Yes, I remember that. Okay. And Mm -hmm. I made a recipe that called for softened or melted coconut oil, and then you had to like put it in the fridge to let it harden up. And I reported then that that deodorant was still in my refrigerator, and I had never once used it. <laughs> I had made that in 2011. That's well, right. Well, I think it was in 2017 that deodorant has now been thrown away. <laughs> well, praise be, you did it. I did it. Good for you. I still never tried it, didn't use it. <laughs> and it wasn't even tossed out, initiated by me. My husband was finally like, okay, can we acknowledge the deodorant. Uh, can we acknowledge this is never going to happen, Rebecca? <laughs> throw it away. Why? I believe his exact words were, Rebecca, why? Why is this in here? Why is this in here? <laughs> and I was like, fine, fine. Throw it away. Just do it. Rip the Band-Aid off. Just get it out of here. It's fantastic. So, also, from that episode, I talked about having wedding gifts in my basement. Oh, good. I'm so glad you're revisiting this. I have (laughs) truly been so curious about this one. Unopened wedding gifts for years sitting in your basement. Yes. What's the deal? Okay. So again, I will be married for 13 years this year. And I want to clarify again that these were not unwrapped gifts. I had unwrapped them. Right, right, right. Yes. Sorry. Yes. Yes. They were unwrapped wedding gifts, but they were like still new, like in their boxes. Yes. I had a whole box of them. And hey, I cleaned out my basement. I sorted through the box. I purged some of the items that I obviously, (laughs) in over a decade's time, had not used. You, you really scolded me and you strongly urged me to get out my unused Pampered Chef pizza stone. Yes, I did. You told me, you said you need to get that thing out of your basement and use it. Yes. It is still in my basement. Rebecca! (laughs) (laughs) i still have a blender new in the box in the basement too so there's still some things (laughs) there's still some things hanging out down there for when i get around to it you know (laughs) oh my gosh one of these days one of these days what's going to happen is your daughter grace is going to be in the basement and be like hey what's this let's use this and you guys are going to use it and rebecca you're going to be like meg was right all these years (laughs) This has changed your life. Amazing. This pampered chef baking stone. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Fantastic. Another thing that I've confessed is that I don't wash my face at night. Oh Lord. I have changed. (gasps) Yay! I have been washing my face on a very regular basis. I'm using a Konjac sponge that I had mentioned in the original episode. It is, I don't know, it's some kind of special sponge. It's like natural green crunchy thing. You just get it wet. I just do it with water. So basically I'm just like rinsing off my makeup. You're doing it. And, you know, I'm not using a cleanser (sighs) at night, but, you know, I'm doing that. So It's like baby steps here, and I am so proud of you for those baby steps. Yeah. So proud. But now I am still consistent in my time passage awareness disorder. I'm still really (laughs) terrible about that. I still am not using my very well-received cleaning checklist that I made up on my blog. Uh-huh. I haven't touched that at all. And Just to clarify, the one that you made. Yes, I made this cleaning. cleaning checklist that hundreds of people have downloaded. They find it very helpful and they like it. I stopped using it. I haven't used it since 2014. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like to clean my house, so there's that. 
I love that one so much. (laughs) Okay, good stuff. Good stuff. Okay, let's revisit a few of mine. One that I confess that was not on episode 37. It was on a past episode where Laura and I were talking about all things beauty. I confess that, well, two things actually on that. I confess that I would go like months and sometimes years between salon appointments to get my hair cut. Yes, Because I, I had terrible salon anxiety. I have overcome the salon anxiety. I've talked about this on a different show as an update that I now regularly, every few months, go in for real professional haircuts. And it's wonderful. But another one on there that I have not changed is that I can't paint my fingernails because of how my fingernails can't breathe. Yes, right, of course. Which is a normal human thing to <laughs> say. Mm-hmm, very normal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but let's, let's revisit a few others. So on that episode, I had said that I was the worst at recycling. I shamed my own self into changing that. I now recycle every week because if you all remember, we have curbside recycling in Oklahoma City. So it's trash day to day. I'm going to take out the trash and the recycling. So... Look at you. Yeah, I know. Being sort of crunchy. (laughs) I know, with the very laziest way possible. And that's just (laughs) getting the recycling out to the curb. Also in that episode, I did confess that I've never read Jane Austen and I've never seen The Notebook. Yes, I wanted to ask about The Notebook. Have you watched it? No, that was two years, over two years ago. And I have not seen The Notebook and I have not read a Jane Austen novel since. So still a big, big thing that needs to be corrected in my life. I just haven't gotten there. I've been making podcasts, Rebecca. When am I going to watch The Notebook and read Jane Austen novels? Okay, good point. Good point. Okay, now I have a follow-up question for you, though. This wasn't even on a confession episode, but you Mm -hmm. just, like, said it one time. I know. Did you... You do? I think. (laughs) Did you ever return the casserole dish to your neighbor from when she (gasps) brought you a baby meal? When did I even say that? I forgot. But I, I did do that. Yes. I think when I had takethemameal.com as an awesome of the week and we were talking about oh, taking baby meals, yes. you confessed that your twins were like three years old or something. Yes. And you never returned the casserole dish to the neighbor who lives yep. on your street. <laughs> Up across the street from me. Oh, okay. To be really super clear. I did. I, again, self-shamed myself into action. I made some nice cookies and put them into that casserole dish and took them back over. And she was kind of like, oh, I forgot. Oh, <laughs> that, can years. you imagine that? <laughs> she forgot about it. Yes. Here's the one I thought you were going to ask about. And this was the one I wanted to really just round out the show with. I thought you were going to ask me about my thing about not cooking chicken. Oh, yes. Okay. The confession that wasn't meant to be a confession. No. Meg just casually slips into the conversation that she never cooks with chicken. Yeah, I did. I nonchalantly said this. It was, I think, on Sorry Not Sorry group show. You were talking about how you weren't sorry that you bought, like, individually wrapped frozen. Yeah, I buy high-maintenance expensive chicken. (laughs) Yes. And I was like, well, I don't even buy chicken. I don't cook it. It was, like, the (laughs) biggest record scratch in the world as all three of you, Kelly, Laura, and Rebecca, freaked out and i'm sure listeners were like what (laughs) well listen things change people change people evolve that was a few short months ago and i'm here to say that since the beginning of the year we have really been dedicated in our family to all whole foods all the time lots and lots of protein lots of lean protein rebecca do you know what food has lots of protein and it's also lean protein Mm, chicken it's chicken (laughs) Oh, cluck, cluck. 
It's chicken. So I have like, I genuinely have like been like, I'm going to summon the spirit of the awesomes and believe that I can do this. I can handle raw chicken and I'm not going to throw up. I'm not going to freak out. I'm not going to pass out. So I have been purchasing, handling with my own hands, handling chicken, cooking it. We eat chicken probably three nights a week now, which is whoa, vast improvement from where we were. So see, this is why confession is good for the soul. You say things out loud and people around you freak out and you're like, oh, God, I guess I better change this. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God, that's so funny. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Thank you. It's been a real life changer. I'll tell you what. Sort of awesome has changed my life in so many ways. (laughs) Okay, well, listen. I mean, you guys are going to have to show up with your own embarrassing stories to tell Rebecca and I now to make us feel better about the mortifying things that we have said and done in our lives. So if you would like to find us on social media to tell us your own stories of embarrassment or any other confessions that you just frankly need to get off your chest, Rebecca, remind everyone where we can find you all around the web. Well, you can find my blog at simplyrebecca.com. That's where I talk about money-saving tips, living naturally, parenthood, homemaking. And then you can also find me on social media, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Simply Rebecca. Awesome. Okay, you can find me at Sorta Awesome Meg on Twitter and Instagram. Don't forget that the show is also on Twitter at Sorta Awesome Pod. You can find us anytime on Facebook at facebook.com slash Sorta Awesome. Thank you guys for hearing our confessions so awesomely. (laughs) Thanks so much for listening. And we'll see y'all next time. Sorta Awesome was created and is hosted by me, Meg Teets. Sarah Robertson is our assistant producer and production collaboration comes from Kelly Gordon and Rebecca Hoffer. Kelly Gordon is our digital media producer and we are so thankful for the ongoing support from our listener supporters. Music is provided by the band Prager. You can find more of Prager's music at pragermusic.com. To find show notes on this and every episode of Sorta Awesome, and also to spread the Sorta Awesome love to all of your friends, you can head on over to sortaawesomeshow.com. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.